This is the Hui Kala Baptist Church podcast, coming to you from the heart of Honolulu, Hawaii. Hui Kala is a dynamic family of faith committed to solid Bible teaching, discipleship, and helping you grow in your faith. Grab your Bible and prepare to dig deep into the Word with Pastor Anthony King. Uh, I'm really excited today to kick off a brand new series. Uh, we're taking, we're putting a pause on on Reach Month for just a little bit uh, as we continue to uh, let things unfold around us. And so I, I tell you often that in difficult times and troubled times, it's always good to run to the Psalms. Uh, and so I thought, man, where better than to be during this time where we don't actually get to physically all meet together like we normally would? Uh, what better time than to take a look at the Psalms? Uh, there's so much uncertainty uh, right now in the world that we live in. Some people are saying we're going to be uh, quarantined like this for 14 days. Some are saying 30 days. Some are saying uh, even longer than that. And during a time of so much uncertainty, many folks have uh, had their hours cut back at work. Some folks in our church have even been laid off from their jobs and so continue to reach out to folks and find out how you can pray and how you can love and encourage during this time. But with so much uncertainty, what's one thing that we can be certain of? Where's the place that we can always come back to and find hope and encouragement uh, during this time? And man, there's really no better place uh, than the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms uh, has 140, or I'm sorry, 150 Psalms uh, in the entire book. And so if you've never read through the Psalms, I want to encourage you to do that during this time. Uh, hey, look, if we're going to be at home for the next uh, 14 days, we could read uh, 10, 12 Psalms a day and get through the entire book. Uh, you got a little bit extra time on your hands during this time. Make use of that time and uh, spend it wisely. Uh, also, if you uh, want to take the next 30 days and read through the entire book, you could do that by reading five Psalms a day. Uh, whatever you do, stay plugged into God's Word, find help and encouragement from the book of Psalms. So uh, today we're kicking off a brand new series. It's an online-only series. How cool is that? Uh, entitled Hope from the Psalms. Uh, so grab your Bibles, turn to Psalm 61 this morning. Unfortunately, in your homes today, we don't have ushers with Bibles, bulletins, and pens, but hopefully uh, you got your own Bible handy. Grab something to jot some notes down on. Uh, with these online services, there'll be a link where you can actually download the notes from the message. You can actually print them out at home or use them on your iPad or something like that and fill them out uh, online or uh, print them out if you want to do that. But uh, Stay caught up. Write down some thoughts as we uh, cruise through this passage of Scripture this morning. Psalm 61 is where we're going to be at. We entitled today's message, Hope in the Higher Rock. And I think you'll see why uh, here in just a moment. Psalm 61, verse number one. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the cover of thy wings, Selah. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So will I sing praises unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. Hope is a unique thing. The uh, dictionary defines hope as a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. 
or a want of something to happen or be the case. I think all of us hope that this coronavirus stuff passes quickly. Uh, I hope that none of our folks get sick. Uh, I hope that we can resume normal worship services in the future. I hope uh, that through this time, you'll be faithful to God. And sometimes we use that word hope uh, almost as a wish, something that we want to happen. But when we look at the word hope in the Bible, It takes on a different connotation. This is not a hope. This is not a dream. This is not a wish. Biblical hope is a confident expectation of God based on his character and the promises of his word. A confident expectation of God based on his character and the promises of his word. So when I say that I have hope in God, I have a confident expectation. I know that the Lord's gonna work this out. When I look at our current situation in the world, I don't just hope that it gets better. I have hope that God's will would be accomplished and everything would go according to his plan. As we look at the situations as they've unfolded, uh, we met with some of our men this past uh, Tuesday night, some of our deacons, uh, both of our deacons and, and some men of our church. And we talked through what our game plan was for today, this coming Sunday. We talked about how uh, we haven't received any mandate from the state yet that we can't uh, meet or we can't gather only recommendations from the uh, Center for Disease Control, Uh, but there wasn't any actual mandate that we had to follow yet. And so our plan was to plow ahead. We were gonna meet together uh, here on Sunday morning together. We were gonna do a lot of things differently. Uh, We were going to uh, uh, have uh, not have the coffee because a lot of people touch that little coffee lever all the time and we don't wanna spread germs that way. We're gonna take away the water cooler and have only individually bottled water. We were gonna require everybody when they came in to sanitize their hands. We were gonna make sure that there was only one person that was opening the door so that everybody didn't touch the door handle. Only one person would touch the door handle. Uh, We began to look at a lot of different ways we could be super creative and be uh, super vigilant uh, to make sure that we didn't spread this in any way. And we had a really solid plan in place. Uh, We had a uh, we plan to send out a notification to our church family. Hey, we're meeting on Sunday. Uh, be here for that. If you want to stay home or you're social distancing, we'll have services live streamed online so you can continue to worship with the church the way that you normally would. And we had a solid plan in place. Tuesday night, we were 100% good to go plowing forward. Uh, Wednesday day, I began to set up all of our live stream equipment and put everything together to make sure that we could gather together on Sunday and worship, but those at home didn't feel left out by it and could still stay connected to the services uh, just as if they were here on a Sunday morning. Then Wednesday afternoon, the uh, governor came out uh, and said, um, I think I got my days mixed up. We met on, uh, we met on uh, Monday, and then the governor came out on Tuesday afternoon and said that uh, we weren't gonna be able to meet and that uh, houses of worship could not gather together anymore, uh, things along those lines. And so that kind of shot our plan in the foot. Uh, And man, we began to scramble, uh, look at what else do we do? And so here we are today, hopefully, uh, you've had the opportunity this week to connect with some other folks in our church and watch our services online. But that was kind of a, man, what are we gonna do here now? And I had hoped that we would get together and uh, meet this weekend. But I have hope that regardless of what happens, God is in control. You see the difference there? One was something that I really wanted to happen, and the other one was knowing that God has everything handled. Everything is in control. Everything is within God's plan for us. And so we look at hope. We see uh, that that's who God is, and he's worthy of our hope, and he's worthy of our confident expectation. As we take a look at this passage here this morning, I want you to take a look, first of all, at verse number one. Hear my cry, O God, and attend unto my prayer. We see first and foremost that we have a God who hears. 
I'm thankful that we don't have to wonder if God hears. I think of the uh, prophets of Baal uh, in the Old Testament where they got together and they were, uh, Elijah said he was going to call down fire from heaven and the prophets of Baal got together and they, they screamed and they cried and they cut themselves and they didn't know if Baal actually heard them or not. I'm thankful that when you and I pray, we have a confident expectation that God hears our prayers. He's faithful to hear us. And so the psalmist here says, David says, hear my cry, O God, and attend unto my prayer. But I'm thankful that God doesn't just hear, but he acts accordingly. Uh, We have a God who knows our best interests. He knows what we need. Uh, He knows exactly where we're at and what our uh, needs are during this time. And he promises to hear us and act accordingly. You see, God is not just a God up in heaven who's like, oh, wow, that's nice that you shared that with me. I don't really have anything to offer. Jesus himself even said this, how many of you, if your kids asked something for you, you'd give it to them, and your heavenly father knows exactly what you need, and he's gonna provide it for you. He said, none of you as parents, if your kids ask for bread, you give them a rock. None of you would do that. By the same token, your heavenly father, when you ask him for what you need, don't think that he hasn't heard you or that he's uh, disconnected or he's not involved or that he doesn't wanna help. He's there, and he's here with you today, And I want you to know that you can have faith and trust that he hears you when you pray and he's acting accordingly. At the end of the day, we we realize that God is sovereign. You and I, during these times of uncertainty, can rest in the sovereignty of God. None of this took God by surprise. Man, I'm telling you, Tuesday afternoon, I began to scramble and put together a plan on how we could actually still meet as the church, uh, even if it were in remote locations. None of that took God by surprise. He was sovereign. This week, I was taking a look at our beautiful uh, Easter invitations that we have. Man, absolutely gorgeous. And I thought about how we've gotten probably about 1,500 of those already out into our community. And I thought to myself, we're not even gonna be able to meet on Easter Sunday. And I know some of you, that's the first time you're processing that. uh, But that's really the way that it's looking right now. What if we don't get to gather together on Easter Sunday? What do we do then? I look at that and go, wow, look at all of the work that we've done so far. But I know this, God is sovereign. I know many of you have been thinking about the person that you want to get together with for Reach Month and have as your guest uh, in church soon. I want you to understand, none of that took God by surprise. He's sovereign, and you still need to reach that family member, coworker, neighbor, or whoever it is that needs to hear about Jesus. I promise you, none of that is wasted because God is sovereign. Isaiah 46.10 tells us, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. God is sovereign. If you look into um, verse number uh, one and two, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And he goes in in verse number three, and says, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. It's interesting to me in this case here, David doesn't tell God what he wants him to do. David just trusts the fact that God is sovereign and he'll handle it. Think about that for a second. You and I so many times when we're faced with uncertainty and difficult times, we wanna tell God what to do. Hey, God, I need you to do this for me. Hey, God, I need you to provide in this way for me. Hey, God, work this out. The David in this case here just says, God, you've got it. I cried, you heard, and you're leading me to a place where you're gonna take care of things because you are a rock that is higher than I am. And so in in times of uncertainty, in times of difficulty, I don't want you to run to God and tell him what you want him to do. I want you to step back and say, God, I trust that you've got a plan through this. God, you're sovereign and I trust, I have faith in your sovereignty. 
Trust me, uh, this past week, I promise you, I have told God, God, we need to meet on Sunday. God, we need to get together. God, we need uh, to, to be here. And I told God what I wanted, and I had to come to a place where I recognized that God is sovereign, and I trust him. And that none of this took God by surprise, and I've stopped telling God what I want him to do, and I've started telling God to lead me to him instead. I've stopped telling God what I want him to do for you as our church family I started telling God, God, lead us to you. And I want during this time you to really focus on, God, lead me to you. Lead me to something that's higher than me. You see, it's normal in times like this to struggle with doubt and anxiety. Sometimes we can feel like terrible Christians because we uh, feel like we doubt too much or we're not really sure what's gonna happen or we uh, feel overly anxious or we feel overwhelmed and we think that just makes us a terrible Christian. We're a horrible uh, Christ follower. We have no faith. We're a pathetic excuse for a human being because we are anxious or overwhelmed. But if you take a look at verse number two, he says, from the end of the earth, I will cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. If David, a, God, a man that God himself described as a man after God's own heart, if David struggled with anxiety, if David struggled with a lack of faith, if David struggled with being overwhelmed in his spirit, you and I can say we're in good company then. And I'm telling you this, there have been many nights this past week where I laid down in bed and Angela says, what's on your mind? And I said, you really just don't want to hear it right now because I was overwhelmed, I was unsure. But every time we prayed and God brought me back to himself, you see, fear, uncertainty, doubt, and panic causes our heart to be overwhelmed. Fear, uncertainty, doubt, panic. This causes us to be overwhelmed. We live in, in crazy times. I saw uh, this past week the folks were lining up at the Costco uh, at 5 a.m. And Costco doesn't even open until like 9 or 10 a.m., but they were lined up early uh, to be at Costco. Here's the worst part about it. I want to go to Costco, but I'm not waiting in those lines, that's for sure. I'm going to let you in on a little secret during this time of, of social distancing, something that will help your heart. Costco makes a Kirkland brand super ultra premium ice cream that will absolutely knock your socks off. It is, I'm not a vanilla ice cream guy. Uh, I'm more of like a cookies and cream. Uh, every now and then a mint chocolate chip. Uh, I like a good uh, chocolate with fudge chunks in it. This is just a plain vanilla ice cream. I'm telling you, the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. It is so smooth. It is buttery in your mouth. I mean, it's amazing. And I want, during this time, uh, a little bit of food therapy with some Costco super premium ice cream. But you know what? I'm not gonna go stand six hours in line for ice cream. I'm just not. I'm not panicking that I'll never be able to have ice cream again. Uh, I just need to continue to trust in God. And, and for you and I, maybe we're not panicking about ice cream, but there are certain things that we are panicking about. For me as your pastor, I have a heavy heart for you because uh, I know that there's people in our church that if we're uh, not allowed to meet for the next uh, six to eight weeks, there's some folks in our church that won't be around six to eight weeks from now because they're struggling spiritually right now. That worries me. That causes me a certain level of fear for the well-being of our church family. As your pastor, God's called me to be your shepherd and to guide you spiritually through life. In times like this, I am a little bit fearful, I'll be honest to tell you that, but at the end of the day, we have to trust in God. I'd encourage you to just get out a sheet of paper and just write down all the concerns that you have. 
just get some time alone with God when you feel overwhelmed and just write everything down. Uh, you're concerned about paying your bills. You're concerned about your job. You're concerned about your children's well-being. Some of you are finding out how difficult it is to be a teacher because you're homeschooling your kids now for the very first time. Uh, you're, you're looking through this. You go, wow, I don't know how I can do all this. Just make a, make a big list. Just get it all out uh, because until we are able to actually process through everything that we're going through and all the fear and uncertainty and doubt and panic that we have in our heart, uh, we can't really do anything with it. Just make a big, huge list. The awesome thing about our God is he wants us to run to him in these times. Last fall, we'll preach a series called Affliction, uh, talking about suffering in the sovereignty of God. And if you missed out on that or you need a refresher, go back and listen to that in the next couple of weeks. There's some messages in there that I know will help you. Uh, it's, it's running to God in difficult times and running to God when we need him most. And many times God creates this system in our lives of events and circumstances and situations that forces us, drives us to him. Don't miss out on that during this time. God is maybe putting things in your life right now to, to squeeze you so that you'll run to him. Think of it as they when they're doing road work and they have to take four lanes down to one, they begin to put up traffic cones about a mile out to start leading you down to one lane. And it gets a little bit congested as it goes down to one lane. It can be frustrating as it comes down to one lane, but then it gets to you to exactly where you're supposed to be. And then on the other side of that, it opens back up. God is putting these traffic cones in your life right now to lead you down to that one lane where you can find him. It won't always be this way. It will not be all this, always this constricted. It will not always be times of uncertainty and anxiety. But know this, during those times, he's brought you close to him. Don't try to just swerve over in the other lane and do your own thing. <laughs> There's been times before where I've been so frustrated that I look and uh, in the other lane, I see... There's not even any work going on over here. There's, there's good lanes that nobody's using, and I just want to sometimes uh, get over there in a the lane and do my own thing. Don't do that. God's driving you to him during this time. Run to him. Cling to the church during this time. You need your brothers and sisters in Christ. Reach out to them during this time. We need one another. Next we see verse number two. From the end of the earth, I will cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You see, our limited capacity to handle turmoil only leads us to the rock. There has to be a time in your life where you come to Jesus because you realize you have no other options. There comes a time in your life where you have to run to God because you realize there's nowhere else to turn. If you're a child of God, you had to come to that point in time in your life where you realized you could not handle your own sin. You could not handle God's wrath and judgment. You realized that you had broken God's law. You had sinned against him and you needed to be saved. And friend, if there's never been a time in your life where you've accepted Christ as Savior, there's never been a time where you've been saved, let today be that day in your life where you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. Every single one of us is gonna die one day. Are you ready for the day that you see God face to face? No man shall see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Friend, do you know that you're saved today? Nothing else really matters in this life. It doesn't matter uh, what, whether you lose your job or not. It doesn't matter if you run out of toilet paper or not. It doesn't matter anything else. It matters when you die, where do you spend eternity? 
And for me, I was a nine-year-old boy when I had come to the realization that I could not save myself, that I needed to something bigger than me, and God led me to the rock that was higher than I was, and that was himself. And God promised to me, if you put your faith and trust in me, I will save you. And I took him at his word, and I was saved. And friend, if you you listen to this today and you don't know for sure that you're saved, know this, God loves you. Jesus died to pay for your sins and he's the only hope that you have. He needs you to put your faith in him and repent of your sins and, and you can be saved today. If you don't know for sure that you're saved, don't pillow your head tonight without knowing for sure that your sins are forgiven. During this time and every time, we must seek God's help. You remember that list I told you to just make out of all the anxieties that you have and all the cares and concerns and the fears that you have? I want you to take that list and I want you to give it to God. Every bit of it. Hey, God, this is yours. Of the things on this list here, there's not a lot that I can do on it, but I know that you can do all things and I trust you with it. And I'm gonna give you my list. I'm gonna give you my cares. I'm gonna give you my anxieties. Uh, The Bible says that we are casting all our care upon him because he cares for us. And so during this time, I want you to seek God's help like never before. You see, we have to come to an end of ourselves. David said in verse number two, uh, when my heart is overwhelmed, I'll cry and I know that you'll hear me and I want you to lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. We have to trust him in these times. We have to come to the end of ourselves where we realize I can't do this on my own. I need help. And so I want to encourage you Lean on God like never before. Psalm 86, verse number 10, for thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. When I think of that phrase, thou art God alone, God, you are God alone. That means I'm tired of trying to play God. I'm tired of trying to make it work the way that I want it to. I'm tired of trying to go my own way and do my own thing. You are God alone. And he says, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I have to come to the end of myself. Next, if you take a verse number three, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I'll abide in thy tabernacle forever. I'll trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. I want you to, during these times, to remember God's faithfulness Remember how good he's been to you. Not just remember the things that he's done in the Bible. Remember the things he's done for you. Remember difficult times where you didn't see a way out. God saw you through it, didn't he? Remember those times in your life where you weren't sure how it was gonna work out. God saw you through through it, didn't he? Remember those times where all hope felt lost. God brought you through it, didn't he? Remember his faithfulness. Take a look at verse number five. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me a heritage of them that will fear thy name. God's promised to be faithful to you. Remember how he's been faithful in the past. He is our protection. Uh, I love what it says in verse number uh, three. Thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower. Elsewhere, uh, Solomon, who would be David's son, would later use that same phraseology and. Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. A strong tower is a place where we can find refuge when the enemy is coming after us, when difficult times are around us, where we feel like hope is lost, where we feel like our ship is sunk. He is the strong tower and we can trust in him because he's faithful. 
Again and again, he is our source of protection. But here's the thing, if he is our shelter, he is our strong tower, you and I must choose to stay close to him. You see, a shelter's only good if you're willing to run to the shelter and get out of the elements. You see, a strong tower is only as good if you're willing to run to it in times of peril. Shelter doesn't do you any good if you're willing to stay outside of the confines of the shelter. It doesn't do any good if you're not willing to run to the shelter. A strong tower or a place to hide or a place to find refuge is no good for you if you're not willing to run to it. So God says, I'm here. God says, I'm willing to take your burden I'm willing to help you through this difficult time, but you got to run to me. Run to God during this time. I challenge you. I'm fearful. I'm not going to lie that things will get worse before they get better. We've only seen, I believe, the tip of the iceberg of the fallout of this. I mean, from businesses closing and restaurants closing and people being laid off. I saw on the news that 15,000 people had registered for unemployment benefits and uh, the system had actually crashed where you could actually sign up for things like that. I think we're really just beginning to see the beginning of it. I can't be fearful during this time. I have to say, God, you're in control. God, you're in charge. I'm gonna run to you and I'm gonna encourage other people that are struggling to run to you and to lean on you like never before. We need the Lord during this time. We have to stay close to him. But I want you to remember during times of uncertainty, one of the greatest things that you can do for God is to praise him. I know that seems contradictory. Difficult times are here. Why, what do I have to praise about? No, you need to praise if you still have breath in your lungs. You need to still praise if God's been faithful to you. And if you have nothing else to praise about, then you can praise for the fact that you once were dead in your sins and now you're alive in Christ. You can praise God for the fact that you were once alone in this world, but now you are part of a loving family that God created called the local church, and you have so many reasons to praise today. But make this a time of praise. I've tried to be careful with our kids as we sit around the house, and uh, they say, well, what are we gonna do? Where are we gonna go? What are we gonna do? Uh, I'm very careful not to have a complaining spirit because, man, complaining is contagious, if I begin to talk about how bad things are and how awful things are and, and how we can't do this and can't do that and this got canceled and that got canceled, then that creates a complaining spirit and that's contagious. But you know what else is contagious too? Praise. Man, I'm just thankful that we have our health. I'm just thankful that uh, no one that we personally know has gotten sick yet. I'm thankful that God has protected the folks in our church family. I'm thankful that during these times, we can still have family that we can reach out to in our local church and we can still uh, encourage and be helped by and talk to and, and stay connected with. Man, I praise God for that. And so during times like this, we need to continue to praise we had a chance to get together uh, this past week online, and we'll probably do it again this week as well, uh, and get online uh, and had a time of uh, just prayer and praise together as a church family online. Uh, it was different. We've never done anything like that before, uh, but I, I was encouraged by being able to at least see people. Well, if it was just on a computer screen and hear what God's doing in their life and hear words of praise that we could share together, because lastly, we're in this together. Take a look at verse number five. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. 
Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear my name. Fear thy name. I love what he says there. Thou hast given me a heritage of those that fear thy name. You know what that means? We're not the only ones that love God. We're part of a family. We're part of something bigger than ourselves. We're not the only ones going through this, and we're not going through it alone. We have each other. And God has given us a place, a part of a family that can call on him at any time that we need. You see, our commitment to Jesus makes us family. I'm thankful that while my nearest blood relative is 5,000 miles away, I'm thankful that during this time I have family like never before because God's given me that through his church. I'm thankful to have you as part of my family during this time that I know, I know if, if I needed something at midnight, I know that I could call you and, and, and you'd be there for me. And I hope that you know as your pastor and as your brother in Christ, if you needed something from me, say the word, I wanna be there, I wanna do whatever I can to help. We're gonna need one another like never before during these times. I was thankful for somebody uh, just this past Sunday who said, uh, hey, pastor, uh, we've got to leave. We can't hang out and talk for a bit because we have another couple that's coming over our house and getting toilet paper because they ran out and they can't find it anywhere. I'm thankful for a family like that. I had another person who said, um, pastor, if you know of anybody who's struggling financially, I have fresh fruits and vegetables that I'd be happy to, to bag up and take them together as a family. Other folks in our church family says, hey, if you know somebody's struggling, let me know. I want to help out however I can. And I'm thankful that we have that, not because we enjoy the same sports or we, uh, our kids played soccer together uh, or anything along those lines. We have that type of family because of our commitment to Jesus. And you know that same spirit we find in the book of Acts chapter number two. Acts chapter two, verse number 41, when Peter preached at Pentecost, it says, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So 3,000 people saved and baptized there in Jerusalem that very first Sunday. And it says, and then they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and here's what I love, verse number 44 says, and all that believed were together and had all things common. You know what? They realized, hey, we're in this together. And when it says they had all things common, it's not, the Bible's not promoting communism, that we all need to put all of our stuff in a pot and take what you need. It's not pro promoting socialism, that we take riches from one person and give it to the, the poorest person. What it is teaching here is family and community. Hey, if you need something, I've got your back. Hey, if I need something, I know you've got my back. And we need each other in this time. And, and David even says, I'm thankful that I'm not alone, but you've given me a heritage of all those that fear your name. And our commitment to Jesus makes us family, but our commitment to family bonds us together. As I looked at the possibility of us not being able to meet all under one roof together on Sunday morning gatherings for, uh, I'm not sure how long it'll last, uh, 30 days, 60 days. I began to think about what that would do for our sense of community. And as a church, we don't just come to hear preaching, we come to fellowship together with family. And I began to think of it this way, what would happen if we can no longer meet here for the next 30 to 60 days and we're required to 
meet in other people's homes in groups of 10 or less? What if someone opens up their home for the very first time and says, hey guys, I know it's not much, but I'm welcoming you into my family's home. That's the commitment to family that bonds us together. Maybe you're watching this service in someone's home this morning. Be sure to thank them for being a gracious host this morning, for opening their home and inviting you into their family to worship together as family. Even if you're practicing social distancing or even if you're self-quarantined in this time, I want you to reach out to other people, let let them know that you're thinking of them, you're praying for them, and you want to know how you can help and want to know what they need. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 10 says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Hey, if you've got an opportunity to do something good for somebody this week, do it, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. We need each other to make it through this together. Uh, To be honest, it's been lonely the last week knowing that we haven't met together on Wednesday night, knowing that we're not meeting together next Sunday. Been a little bit lonely, so we need to make sure that we're taking opportunity to reach out to others. We need each other during these times. We gotta stick together through this. And I want you to know, if you feel lonely, let me know. Jump into a to an online call that we have where we get together and share prayer requests. To get together in a connect group on Wednesday night that's, that are meeting virtually. Uh, we even have some connect groups that will still continue to meet just in groups of less than 10. And so if you feel lonely, reach out because you can't go through this alone. If you or someone that you know needs something, please let us know. If you need somebody to deliver groceries or bring a meal or something like that, we have folks in our church that would love to do something like that, but we need each other during this time. Four final thoughts and then we're done. First of all, pour out your heart before God. I'm talking about let it all out, all the anxiety, all the hurt, all the pain, all the uncertainty, all of the fear, all of the doubt, just let that out. Did you know that it's okay to tell God that you don't have the faith right now that you need to make it through this? It's okay to tell him that because he already knows. By saying to God, God, I don't really have the faith that I need to make it through this time. He already knows that, and it actually gives you a sense of release to be able to say to God, God, I'm not sure if I can trust you. I'm not sure if I can be faithful during this time. God, I'm not sure what all is going to happen, and I'm scared. It's okay. Just pour it out. Again, make a list and give God that list. I want you to make use of this time to read and pray. Stay close to Jesus. Some of you are going to have a little bit of extra time off of work. Maybe you've got to work, but you still have a little bit of downtime. Everything in the evening time is canceled. I know that uh, Kauai's uh, enacting a curfew over there. Um, thankfully, things haven't come to that yet here. But hey, if you've got to stay in the house, you've got to keep your distance from people, read and pray. Uh, and if you, we're going to start putting out a prayer list every single week of things that we as a church family uh, want other folks in our church to pray for. And so, man, get a hold of that prayer list and pray through it. Uh, join a connect group online. Uh, they're going to share prayer requests and praises uh, and study the Bible together. And so I want to encourage you, uh, use this time to read and pray and stay close to God. If you need a good recommended reading list, I got it for you. If you want to stop by the church and pick up some good Christian books, I got them for you. Uh, you want some recommendations and something you can download to your iPad on Kindle, got them for you. Use this time wisely to grow. Next, 
you've got to stay connected to other people in the church. You got to do this. This is a non-negotiable for you. I sent out a, an email uh, earlier last week and saying, hey, here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. Fill out this form and tell me what you're going to do. Uh, and one of your options was I'm going to uh, open my home. People can worship here. I'm going to go to somebody else's home or I'm going to worship at home alone. Uh, and then the next option was what are you going to do for Wednesday nights? Do you want to join a connect group online uh, via uh, video conference? I have the opportunity to choose yes or no to that. The responses that I got that concerned me the most is as your pastor, and again, if this is you, I'm not upset with you, I'm just telling you, this makes me uh, hyper vigilant on your case. People who says, I choose to worship alone on Sundays and I'm not gonna join a connect group on Wednesday. Then my question is, how do you stay connected to the church? You gotta do it somehow, it's not an option, it's non-negotiable, you gotta stay connected. How are you going to stay connected? Maybe it's uh, jumping in on our, our weekly calls that we have online where we get t- together and share praises and prayer requests online. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe you're gonna have somebody over to your house. Maybe you're uh, qu- under quarantine, self-quarantine. Maybe you're social distancing. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I know this. You can't be disconnected from the church and then 30 days from now, 60 days from now, just show up back at church and plug right back in because it doesn't work that way. Our hearts are not, con- are not made to stay disconnected and then just jump right back in. I'm fearful that there's some people in our church that when we're able to come back together, won't come back because they've been disconnected. So you gotta stay connected. Even today, after you finish watching this, uh, you should send a text message to some folks in our church. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Facebook, but if you are, make sure that you're friends with people in our, our church family on Facebook and that you're able to stay connected to them in one way or another. Shoot somebody a text message. Hey, break out a pen and paper and write somebody a letter this week. I'm talking about staying connected. This is really important for our children too. We're gonna have some ways uh, next week to to be able to connect our children together online, at least to to be able to see the face of other folks that they go to church with because again, this is not healthy for anybody to stay away from human contact. We're created as social beings and we need interaction. I'm asking you to stay connected. Also, be sure to take time to remember God's faithfulness in times past. Uh, I don't know uh, if you remember the swine flu that took place in uh, 2009. Uh, Angela and I were uh, slated to go to Cancun for our wedding anniversary. Uh, we'd booked a trip months in advance, and then the swine flu came out, uh, and everybody was saying, don't travel, especially the Latin American countries. Well, we were going to Cancun uh, right in the middle of it. And so I had thought ahead. I was really smart, and I, I called ahead, and, and I'd actually booked the trip in advance with trip insurance. And I thought to myself, man, this is easy. I'm going to call, say there's a swine flu outbreak. We can't travel. Please refund all my money, and we'll be golden. I think it's the one time in my entire life that I ever bought trip insurance. And I was so proud of myself for doing that. And so I call up the number that's listed on the little email that you get and said, hey, uh, we're not traveling on this trip uh, because of the swine flu, uh, and we need to cancel. And they said, do you have the swine flu? Well, no, I don't have the swine flu. I'm canceling my trip so I don't get the swine flu. And they said, well, you need to read through your contract. And basically, if you have a disease or you have a sickness, then you can cancel. But if you're not sick, you still have to take the trip. And sure enough, I combed through it. And it wasn't just saying, I don't feel well. You actually had to get a doctor's note with a diagnosis. And they had certain diagnoses that would allow you to cancel the trip. And just having the sniffles wasn't one of them. And I was like, 
great. So I told Angela, and I said, hey, we just got to go make this trip and uh, make the best of it. Otherwise, we lose all of our money. And so we traveled to Cancun during the swine flu. Not the wisest thing in the world to do, but we did it anyways. We were young and dumb. Uh, now we're just uh, a little bit older and dumb. Uh, but uh, at the time, we just decided to make the trip. And we were, I remember we had a layover in Mexico City. We're sitting in the Mexico City airport in the height of the swine flu. Uh, and I thought for sure we were goners. But we lived. The trip was awesome. Nobody was in Cancun. Uh, there was a handful of people in our hotel. Every rest, restaurant was empty. We went, had the whole city to ourselves. It was a blast. And during times like this, I just have to remember how faithful God's been in the past. Hey, we were foolish in the, in the past, but God <laughs> spared our lives and uh, we lived to tell about it. So don't use this as a time to go out and be foolish. I'm not trying to say that. I'm saying this. Remember times in the past where things were difficult or things were hard and God brought you through it? Remember previous trials that you've gone through and how God brought you through it? Remember that hump that you never thought you'd be able to make it over? God brought you over that and actually brought you to a higher place. And when times I'm overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's the idea behind this passage. I hope in the coming weeks you'll find hope from the Psalms. I hope as we uh, dig through the Psalms together, week after week, you'll be able to take some things from this that allow you to see things more clearly for what they are. I hope all this passes really quickly and we're able to gather back together uh, really soon here at church. But until then... I want you to be faithful. Until then, I want to encourage you to stay after your walk with God. This is a testing time for our faith. This is your time to prove whether you really believe what you say you believe or not. I think most of the people in our church, have said, are you, consider yourself committed to the church. Be, yeah, absolutely, I'm here every Sunday. What are you talking about? No, no, no. The church is not a building. It's not an assigned time where we gather. The church is the people here. And this is a time to prove whether or not you're committed to the people that are here or not. This is a time to prove whether you really believe that God's sovereign or not. This is a time to prove where you really believe that God works all things together for good to them who love him and who are the called according to his purpose. This is your opportunity to shine as the church. This is your opportunity to meet one another's needs. This is your opportunity to love one another and serve one another and care for one another because that's what you really believe. That's what you say you do. That's what I say I do. Now's the time to prove it. And I hope, I have a confident expectation based on God and the promises of his word. I have hope that when we gather back together under this roof together and we worship together corporately again, that when we do, it's gonna be a sweet time where we realize, hey, these last several weeks have been a little bit different, but God is still faithful. God is still good. And it's a good thing to be back worshiping together with family. But until then, I want to encourage you to be faithful. Most important thing in the world, if you're listening to this, you don't know for sure that when you die, heaven's your home, friend. You need to put your faith and trust in Jesus today. Tomorrow's not a promise. Jesus Christ could return at any moment and you need to be ready. There's never been a time in your life where you've accepted Christ as Savior. Know this, God loves you, but you've broken his law. You've sinned against God. Your sin has a price that must be paid and either you can pay it by dying and going to hell or God sent his son Jesus to die for your sins. And today, if you'd be willing to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, you can be saved, but you must make the decision yourself. You must say, God, I realize I'm a sinner and I've broken your law and I'm asking you to save me and forgive me of my sins and you can be saved today if you believe that in your heart and you confess it with your mouth. 
But for those of us that are saved, man, times like this is the opportunity for the church to shine. Times like this is the opportunity for us to prove where our priorities lie. And I want to encourage you to use this time over these next several weeks to draw closer to God like never before and draw closer to our church family as never before as well. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time and your word this morning. I pray that you would help us to live for you in the days ahead. God, you've been so faithful to us. We see where you've brought us from and where you've brought us to. But God, speaking frankly, we've been overwhelmed at times. And God, when our heart is overwhelmed, would you lead us to you, the rock that is higher than us? Would you remind us that you've always been a shelter, that you've always been a strong tower, that you've always seen us through whatever comes our way and you will continue to be faithful until the day we see you face to face. God, help us to continue to love and serve one another and be on the lookout for people that need Jesus or have specific needs that we can meet for them. God, I pray during this time that we would seek to not just gather together and call it church, but to go out into our community and be the church. God, we love you. We thank you for being so incredibly good to us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the Huikala Baptist Church podcast. We'd love to have you as our guest this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You'll find exciting classes for your keiki, a welcoming church family, and a message from the Bible that's sure to encourage your heart. Join us this Sunday. You belong here.